Welcome to the Restoration Church Weekly Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you are inspired by today's podcast to pursue your God-given calling to reach just one more. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Restoration Church. Wow. So good to be in the house of the Lord. You excited to be here this morning? Sounds like it. I just want to, can we just real quick, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is Justin Corkum. Uh, my wife, Stephanie, and I are uh, friends of Pastor Nate and Michelle. And so uh, we're just so grateful to be here this morning just to dive into the word of God. And I believe the Lord has a message for us this morning. Steph, if you don't mind, just giving a little wave to everybody. This is my wife, Stephanie, here in the front. And then uh, while we're at it, can we just give a big welcome to all of the restoration locations that are joining us online? Milton, Plymouth, Bethlehem. We're so excited for what God has in store this morning. Well, if you can, turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 10. We're going to dive right into it this morning. And uh, while you're going there, whether it's on your phone or uh, in a physical Bible, I, I just want to share a story with you about my son. You know, when we're talking about this morning, whenever I talk about this topic, um, I, I often share this story because God really spoke to me at one time, and I'm going to introduce my family um, so you can see. So this is, uh, I got a son, Judah, he's eight years old. My daughter, Emily, is six, and uh, Silas, he's three years old. He's hanging out in the front uh, with his mom. So we, we had a, a moment, you know, when we first had Judah. How many, uh, how many are parents? Let me just, I'm going to speak to the parents uh, for a bit. For those who don't have kids yet, you'll understand one day, I promise you. It's wonderful. So there was a moment one night when I was putting uh, Judah to bed. He was, a, he was a baby. And I brought him to his crib and I put him down. And, uh, and I was like quietly walking away. And he's quiet, right? And then you get to the doorknob and it makes that little creaky noise. And then all of a sudden he started crying. And you come back and then you like put your hands on their back. How many parents have done this before? Is it just, okay, wow, okay, so I'm not alone. So you put your hands on your back. You're just kind of hanging there now. So that's what was happening. So I stayed there for like 10 minutes, like this. And then I would like slowly lift my hands off, like, cause you want them to still feel the sensation you're hovering. And then you walk away. Well, I walked away again, and then all of a sudden he started crying again. So this happened for about 45 minutes, almost to an hour, to the point where I remember, I remember just sitting on the floor. I just gave up. I'm like, you know what? He, he, he stopped crying every time I got near the crib, so I just, I just sat down right on the floor. I was like, okay, I give up. And I felt the Lord speak to me in that moment, and he, and he spoke to my heart. He said, man, if you desire my presence, just to be with me the way that your son desires to be with you. He doesn't want you to, to rub his back. He doesn't want anything from you. He just wants to be with you. And so we're going to read a story in the book of Luke, and we're going to be talking about four realities this morning about knowing the Father about knowing the Father. So let's read together. Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Can we just pray at all the campuses right now? Let's just pray. Father, we ask you right now to speak to our hearts. Lord, we desire to learn from your word. God, not just to read it, not just to pass by, but Father, let these words sink deeply into our hearts that we would understand what it is that you're desiring to speak to us this morning in Jesus' name, amen. Four realities that we need to consider in order to grow in our knowledge of God, not just knowing about him, but truly knowing him. The first reality that we see in this passage is we can welcome Jesus into our home, but not sit at his feet. We can welcome him into our home, but not sit at his feet. Look at what verse 38 says. Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. When you actually study the language, that word welcomes, it actually means to admit under one's roof, to entertain hospitably. It was literally to have someone as a guest. And in the first century of Judaism, you know what, hospitality was a big deal. And primarily for the women, their role in hospitality was to make sure that everything was prepared for the person that they were having in their home. There was a high culture of honor. When you had a guest, you honored your guests by preparing for them to the utmost degree. And this is exactly what Martha is doing. Why? Because Martha had a desire to honor God. He, he came into the house and she said, you know what? I'm going to do everything that I can to honor Jesus. And so she's working, she's cooking, she's preparing, she's setting the table. She's making sure everything is perfect. Oftentimes, you know, when I look at Martha, you can tell there's a lot of things that you can tell from this passage. One, she has a servant's heart. How many would disagree, right? There's nobody that would disagree. She has a servant's heart. She was gifted. And honestly, in that time, she was called. But even being gifted, having passion to do something, being called to do something, if you're going and working and moving and doing so much for God, but you forget to sit at his feet, we're missing something. Amen? How many times do we kind of fall into this same mentality that we have a desire to know God, we desire to do things for the Lord? I know that first and foremost, I am very much a doer. I like to check boxes. How many like that? You like to just check boxes. I like to get things done. I like to see progress. 
And it's hard at times for me to wait. It's hard for me to pump the brakes and sit at his feet. Do I want to honor God? Yes. Am I passionate about the Lord? Yes, absolutely. Am I gifted? Do I, do I have talents that I can give to God? Yes, this is true of all of us in this room. That you are called, you are gifted, God has equipped you. That if you have relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a desire to honor him. But what I'm speaking this morning is that there's something more that God is requiring from us. That it's not just to do things for God, but we need to know him. We need to know him. I believe in the last days, the spirit of God is drawing men and women to know the Father. You know, oftentimes we see God as an employer instead of a father. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we see God because there's things that we feel we need to prove ourselves to God. We got to get ourselves right with the Father. We, we have to, to prove our worthiness to God. So we do things for him. We want to build his kingdom. We want to serve him because we want to prove ourselves to him. And we see him as an employer, someone to work for rather than a father, someone to, to have relationship with and to know intimately the second thing that we see in this passage is the results in Martha the results of serving God without encountering his presence I want to just talk about a few things here the first is that we get distracted there are signs in our life when we begin to serve God, but we forget to encounter his presence. How many know that's actually a possibility? That you can serve the Lord and forget to encounter his presence. And so here we see in Martha in verse 40, it says Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. You know, that word distracted, it, it literally means just to be busy, too busy regarding something. Come on, now, now you know we're preaching this morning, right? How many are busy? How, how many of you feel like every person that you talk to, when you say, hey, how's it going? What do they say? It's busy. Busy. Things are busy. I think that we're probably busier than we've ever been in our entire lives. And there's a principle here. Sometimes the enemy doesn't want to defeat you. He doesn't need to defeat you. He just needs to distract you. He doesn't need you to, to, to recount Christ to recount your faith, if he can keep you preoccupied with all of the worries and concerns of this life, he can make sure that you do nothing for the kingdom of God because you're so busy doing other things. And oftentimes we get associated this, this idea of distraction with materialistic things. Maybe I'm really caught up in my job. Maybe there's things that I, I, I'm, I'm taking on in my, my own life, adding pressures to myself, things that I need to maintain. 
and it causes stress and it causes busyness and it's pressure. And so instead of focusing on Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples of every nation, we're too busy. Instead of taking time to sit at the feet of Jesus, we're too busy. But I think that something even more impactful is, is mentioned in this passage. That even the things that we do for God, if we are so caught up in doing those things, we're too busy doing the work of the ministry that we're actually not even spending time with the Father. We become distracted. We become distracted even by those things. The second thing, results, we're talking about results that we see in our lives when we serve the Lord without encountering his presence. The second thing is we start complaining. Has anybody ever done that before? Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, they had one guy in the back, I'm waving my hand here. We've all been there at some point in time where we've allowed complaining to sneak in. Let's, let's look at Martha. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite verses in the story just because I so get it. Verse 40, she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? You ever been there? Man, Jesus, can't you see that my sister is sitting on her butt doing absolutely nothing for you. Hello, like could you tell her to start like pulling some of her weight around here? Can you tell her to start doing something? You know, when we don't stay in the presence of God, how many volunteer in a ministry here at Restoration at other campuses, you can raise your hand as well. Right? If you volunteer in a ministry here, you're part of a circle or something like that, right? you are serving in some sort of capacity. And let me just encourage those who are volunteering. I'm going to do two, those who are volunteering and those who are not. So the first, for the volunteers, I want to encourage you. Sometimes, and I know I'm speaking to the room, I feel it in my spirit now, there are some in the room, some of the campuses online here that you're, as you're watching, You've been serving tirelessly. You've been giving your all to the Lord. You've been pouring out. And you, you look around sometimes and you see how many people could jump in and help. And you feel discouraged. Can I just encourage you right now? Sit at his feet. Because the strength that you need to keep on serving, the strength that you need to keep pouring out is only found when you find yourself at the feet of Jesus. You cannot serve in your own strength. You cannot serve in your flesh without looking around and seeing other people. This is, this is the thing that astounds me, right? Martha is serving Jesus, but her eyes are fixed on Mary. Do you understand that when you don't spend time encountering the presence of God, you will serve him, but your eyes will be fixed upon man. 
You will be looking at what people do and how people treat you, what people are saying, how people are not getting involved, how people are not catching the vision, how people are not helping you instead of sitting at the feet of Jesus and serving out of overflow. The Lord is calling us as a church to find that place of overflow, to be in his presence, to, to like my son, to not be wrapped up in what you can get from him or what you're doing for them, but you just want to be with him, to love his presence. As we're lovers of his presence, everything outflows from our love for Christ as we encounter him in our quiet time. If you don't have a place, make a place where you meet the Lord, where you encounter him daily. The third thing we see in verse 41, the Lord said to, to Martha, my dear Martha, you can, you can just see like the compassion of Jesus here. Let me just, oh, I forgot to speak to those who aren't volunteering. Hold on, let's, before we jump in here, you didn't get off the hook at all. For those who are not volunteering, let's just take a second. There's a mission that needs to be accomplished. That God is calling us to make disciples of all nations. I don't know if you realize, but we are in the most unchurched region in our nation. And that God is calling people to come. Let me tell you, I'm not ignoring the fact that there's work to be done. I'm, I'm trying to tell you this morning, it starts by encountering Jesus. Spending time with him. And then when you do that, you go and do the work. So for those that aren't volunteering, those aren't a part of a ministry. If you need to get plugged in and serving, if you have a passion for kids, you need to get plugged into the kids ministry and surf. If you love hospitality, you need to start greeting people on Sunday morning when they're coming in the door. You need to be used by God. Amen? Amen. Louder amen? Amen. amen. All right. Verse 41, Jesus says to Martha, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset about all, all of these details. The third thing that, that creeps in, and these are just a couple, just in this story. Right, so, so you have distraction, complaining, and then she's worried and upset. Now, I want you to realize this is suggesting the word worried and upset. Those two words are suggesting literally anxiety. Anxiety and troubledness of mind. Martha has worked herself up so, so badly, getting so focused on doing something for the Lord that it has produced an anxiety within her. And can I tell you, this is exactly the opposite of what the Lord desires for you. That when you find yourself, and we're going to get into this in a moment, really define that for us this morning. But when you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, it brings you to a place where all the worry, all of the anxiety, all of the troubledness of mind begins to disappear. That there's a passion and a zeal that wells up inside of you to know that there is only so much time left before Jesus Christ returns for his church. That there are those who have never experienced the love of Jesus and the hope of Jesus. 
And there's a work to be done. And as we spend time at his feet, it produces the the passion and the intimacy and the knowledge of God that actually leads to transformation. So I encourage you this morning, don't settle for distraction. Don't settle with the complaining. Don't be worried. Don't become anxious or troubled in your mind. Because the third reality is that we can encounter intimacy with Jesus by sitting at his feet. How many are excited and glad that that is a thing? That you can encounter intimacy with Jesus Christ by taking the time to sit at his feet. In verse 39, I know we're jumping around a little bit. Verse 39, if you go up to verse 39, it says that her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. If you want to encounter intimacy with with Jesus, the first thing you have to do is stop the busyness. Okay, Mary had the same responsibilities as Martha in that day. They were sisters, right? They were equally responsible at this point for entertaining Jesus. That was the role in that time. And Mary made a decision that I'm gonna stop the busyness and I'm gonna make the decision to carve out time to sit at his feet. And, And what I think really brought Mary to this place is it when she started thinking about the words of Jesus, she didn't want to miss a single one. Now imagine Martha, she's, she's traveling back and forth. She's grabbing things, coming in, and she's maybe catching a word here or there that Jesus is teaching. But Mary said, no, I'm going to stop the busyness. There's a lot of things happening right now. But I want to sit at his feet. I do not want to miss a word of what he's speaking. And if you want to find intimacy with Christ, there needs to be a desire to hear his word. How many own one of these? There's a lot of you that need Bibles in the room, so... Talk to your campus pastors at any location. If there's not a lot of hands, we'll get you a Bible. This is the word of God. If you want to know him, he is speaking to you every single day. But are we taking the time to stop the busyness? To say, I'm going to find myself in his word. I'm going to find myself at the feet of Jesus listening to what he's saying because there's another element of this. You need to stop the busyness, but you also need to humble yourself. There are areas in our life that we don't want to hear Jesus speaking to us. Really quiet. No amens there. That means it's true. That's when you know it's true. There are areas in our lives sometimes that we don't want the word of God to speak into because it requires us to humble ourselves. It requires us to say, God, I'm laying down my desires for yours. 
God, I want your desires to be my desires. There's a humility that comes in seeking that intimacy with the Lord. Imagine this, if you had a friend that every time that you talk to them and they asked for your advice or they spent time with you and you gave them advice and you spoke to them, they didn't do it. And if they continued to do that time and time again, how would you feel? Is this person really my friend? Like, do they really? You would know that this person does not want to hear what it is that you're saying. And what happens when that takes place? You start to stop giving advice. You stop speaking because you know they're not listening. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He is not going to force his way into your life. The more that you refrain from yielding to the Holy Spirit and listening to what he is speaking, the quieter his voice becomes in your life. Many of us ask the question, why, why do I not hear God? It's because we, when we open our Bibles and we, and we read things that we know he's calling us to give up, we refrain from obedience. God is requiring obedience. He desires obedience. As you walk in obedience to the word of God, he leads you to a place of intimacy with him. Where it's not about your will anymore. It's about his. And when you stop the busyness, you humble yourself, all of a sudden you begin to receive. Mary was listening to the word of God. And what I love about it is for a woman to sit at the feet of a teacher in that time was totally breaking the mold. When a person sat at the feet of a teacher, they were essentially requesting to become a disciple. And if the teacher began to teach as they sat at their feet, it was an invitation accepted. And so Mary is making a bold statement. Let me tell you, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, there's a boldness that comes. And as you sit at the feet of Jesus, you'll be able to start doing things that you never imagined you would be able to do for the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is calling us to work for the kingdom. God is calling us to have an attitude like Martha that says, I'm passionate about it. I have giftings that can be used for God. I'm called. I'm going to do everything that I can to work. But we must lay it all on the foundation of intimacy with Christ. And if you're serving without intimacy, there's going to be a point in time when you're distracted, you complain, or you're filled with anxiety and, and over just totally overwhelmed by what you're doing for God. The power to receive what Jesus is speaking to us is found in his presence. If I can have the band uh, come up, I just want to close uh, with a, a final thought. And before we get into that thought, I think the, the big piece for this is, is knowledge versus revelation. Right? That there's there's information that you can know about God, right? But, but information produces religion, where you just go through the motions of doing and doing and doing and doing, but you're not actually encountering his presence. 
Revelation only comes when you open your Bible and you read his word, when you spend time in prayer with the Father. It's not complicated. If you wanna get to know somebody, you're made in the image of God. If you wanna know somebody, what do you have to do? You have to spend time with them. And God has given us his words through the scriptures. He's given us everything that we need for a life and godliness. We need to have that revelation, not just the head knowledge about God, but a revelation from his word. You'll never get it from just listening. Even now, you're listening to somebody else's revelation from the scripture. Anytime you listen to a sermon or a podcast, it is somebody's revelation that they've dug into the word, they have studied, and they are speaking it forth. You need to do that for yourself. Encounter Jesus in the intimate place. The last thing, today we have the opportunity to discover the one thing that we should be concerned about. Verse 42 says, Jesus is speaking to Martha when he says, you're worried and upset over all these details. He said, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. There's only one thing that's worth being concerned about. And I want you to take a moment and think about your life. All of the worries, all of the cares, all of the things that you just let sneak in all the time. There is only one thing that is worth being concerned about. And it's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's encountering the presence of God. That if we don't encounter his presence, we can never walk in his power. We can never fulfill the Great Commission. We can never lead people to encounter Christ if we're not experiencing Him. The boldness that we need in the power of the Spirit will not be there. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And it's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said, Mary has discovered this. Mary has discovered, that word discovered, it actually means to choose, to pick out for oneself. And if you can all stand to your feet at all campuses, can we just stand to our feet right now? I just want to encourage you right now. Today you have the opportunity to discover the one thing that you should be concerned about. You have the opportunity, let me put it this way. You have the opportunity to choose this morning. To choose the one thing that you should be concerned about. And so what I'd like to do is uh, for, for Milton, for Plymouth, for Bethlehem, and for here. For those who are members of the prayer team, I would just like the prayer team, the campus pastors, just to come forward. We're going to take a few moments um, to respond. But if you're part of those teams, you can come forward now real quickly. 
And let me just speak to the room for a second. God is calling you to encounter him this morning. This is what the beauty of the gospel is. It doesn't matter if you're here in Dover or in Plymouth or in Milton or in Bethlehem. God is desiring to encounter you this morning for you to know him. And this place is a place where you can surrender to the Lord. This place is a place where you can lay things down and say, God, I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to make a declaration today that I'm going to come to know you more. If you've never accepted Christ, today is your opportunity to say, God, I surrender my life to you. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn to you, God, and I want to know you. So if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you, come forward now. Don't wait for somebody else to, to make the first step because I guarantee you, if God is pulling on your heart this morning, if you know that you have been doing things in your own strength, you've been trying to build the kingdom of God with your own flesh, and you've not been encountering Jesus, you've been trying to do things or you've gotten caught up in doing things for God without encountering his presence. Maybe you're a volunteer. Maybe you, you work in the workplace and you're trying to help people, but you're not spending time with Jesus. Can I just invite you forward this morning? Invite you forward. We're going to take some time just to worship and to seek the face of God. And as we do that, I would invite you come forward and spend time encountering him this morning. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you, Lord.